Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and thank you so much for your patience um, and pardoning our dust. Uh, the crew has been hard at work on Class of 76, our hiatus episodes that were supposed to come out in May, and a bunch of other projects. So thank you. Um, we are back, starting with this week. Uh, yesterday we released SCP-5040, Tears of Blood on our Patreon, and today we have SCP-1425, Star Signals, for you. Next week, we'll have two more episodes for patrons and public listeners as well, and uh, I think, truthfully, just more episodes up until Class of 76 is ready for your ears. All of that to say, um, if you want more SCP, the best place to be is patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. Uh, you can also find a link to our Patreon in the show notes below. And I have a bunch of cool new patrons to thank. Um, I am behind, so these patrons are actually back from February. Uh, but we have a lot of new folks who've been joining us over the last few months. So this week, I want to give a huge, huge, huge thanks to Brett, Carly Golightly, Jonathan Kant, Alexi Valasev, Reese, Eli Winter, Mel Haig, Slater Mosher, Ernal Fire One, Nicholas Yager, Thotocles, Sifferblitz, The Bear on Your Roof, Jeremiah Brooks, oh, this one's hard, Stalhill Ryuk, Callum Reed, Jake from State Farm. Oh, God, here's another hard one. Um, Tasman Ian Tiger? Oh, ta- Tasmanian Tiger. Sorry. Uh, Puratinus, Coach Walker, Holy Ravens, Scotty Strauss, and Julian Weir. Thanks, guys. Your support means the world, and it helps us do what we do. So, without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number SCP-1425. Object class? Safe. Special Containment Procedures A single copy of SCP-1425 is to be kept in a double-locked archive in Storage Site 40. Access to the document is to be completely restricted, barring express written permission of at least two of the following officials. The Site Director, the EID Chief, the CMA Head, or any O5 personnel. A second copy is contained in an undisclosed location, under procedures divulged only to O5 Council members. All forms of printed and televised media available throughout the United States are to be monitored for the appearance of keywords and symbols from the list provided in CMA Document 1425A. Any located additional copies of SCP-1425 are to be turned over to CMA custody for destruction. In the event that a second SCP-1425 event begins to manifest, Contact an official listed above immediately to initiate Protocol Ophiuchus. Description SCP-1425 is a hardcover book 
measuring 20 by 35 by 5 centimeters, published in 2005 by the now-defunct publisher name Books, the front cover bears the title Star Signals. The back cover has the following description. Did you know that some stars in the sky are dead, but we still see their ancient image? With the best-selling novel Star Signals, sold in four countries and translated into hundreds of languages, you too can tune into the celestial frequencies and then become like the stars. When a subject reads the full text of SCP-1425, the book exerts a mild reality warping effect, influenced by the subject's desires, which in turn are influenced by SCP-1425. When a sufficiently large number of subjects are exposed to this effect, further complications arise in terms of mental health and the integrity of space-time. See event log SCP-142505 for more information. The document is a non-fiction book of the self-help genre, advertised as a manual which teaches the use of the five-step star-signal method to achieve the reader's dreams and ambitions. The method itself is a program of visualization reinforced through mantras and positive affirmations. Unlike nearly all books of the self-help genre, SCP-1425 is directly efficacious in assisting the subjects in achieving personal goals. The book has no content regarding practical measures to achieve goals. Instead, it speaks entirely on the star focuses and other wishful thinking rituals. These exercises, when conducted properly, demonstrably influence reality, beginning with a direct influence on the appearance of the star used in the exercise. A reader who expresses a wish to win the lottery will receive a winning ticket within the next week. Any reader whose goal is a new car will find themselves driving it in the next week. The amount of work invested into achieving the goal outside of performing the prescribed rituals has only a supplementary effect. A subject who makes no special effort to pursue the focused desire still succeeds at a rate of approximately 80%. However, if the instructions for the reading order and frequency are not followed correctly, the anomalous effect is either greatly diminished or fails entirely. In early chapters, these exercises are focused on two things, the exact goals that the reader has in mind and concentration on certain stars in the sky. This activity connects to the titular star signals. SCP-1425 claims that the light emitted by the stars carries a phenomenological frequency, which is unique to each star, and which is connected to the phenomenological frequency of each human's mind. Each of the book's ten chapters ends with a star-focused ritual meditation performed each night, with the central focus being a celestial body. The celestial body used is determined by a calendar in the prologue, ensuring that all readers at any given time are focusing on the same object, no matter which section of the book they are reading. The tenth chapter is an exception. See document 1425A. Throughout its pages, SCP-1425 contains verbal devices intended to influence the mind of the reader. These include a combination of mimetic triggers and neuro-linguistic programming to make the subject receptive to the ideas presented in the text and to optimize the result of its anomalous effect. These include a combination of mimetic triggers and neuro-linguistic programming to make the subject receptive to the ideas presented in the text and to optimize the results of its anomalous effect. 
Once the core ideas of the book have been introduced and processed, visualization exercises begin to include concentration on other concepts, including political and philosophical messages. The latter chapters of the book serve to alter the thoughts and desires of the user to conform to a consistent standard across all readers of the text. Approximately 60% of readers who read the entirety of SCP-1425 exhibit a mental condition called Ohi Syndrome. See event log SCP-1425-2005. SCP-1425 is believed to have been written and published by operatives of the Fifth Church, an influential cult whose membership includes many celebrities, including actors, musicians, authors, television hosts, and other famous personalities. At that time, the list of confirmed fifthists numbered, with the list of suspected cultists counting in excess of. These connections were utilized by the Fifthist Fellowship in the form of celebrity endorsements and widespread media coverage, used to quickly make SCP-1425 exceptionally popular. Due to these measures, as well as substantial word-of-mouth advertising, Star Signals became a national bestseller within two weeks of publication and held this position until the book was purged from public knowledge by the SCP Foundation using Protocol Ophiuchus. The following passages are taken directly from the text of SCP-1425. These excerpts have been selected to minimize exposure to cognitohazardous mimetric triggers and other textual anomalies. Chapter 2, Section 3 the whole you exist around. Do you feel a void in your life? Everyone does, whether they know it or not. Think about it. You can feel it inside you right now, a heavy emptiness in the middle of your chest. It's a reflection of the one in your existence, like particles in quantum entanglement. Do you remember how we talked about quantum entanglement? Not yes, Yes, you do. Yes, you feel the emptiness. This is good. It's a blank slot waiting for you to fill it up with your deepest desires until your deepest desires is pushing up into your throat. You will gag on your need. And until you do, it is a resonation space for you to build your will, like organ music in the cathedral. Hear the music now. This is not a metaphor. If your will is strong enough, there will be music now. Remember now that nothing in this book is a metaphor. Chapter 3 Taking Effects Section 5 You are in time. Star Effects Find your night spot and begin to focus on your star. If you can't find it on your star chart in the prologue, it's the base of the hunter's bow and the brightest star in the constellation. As you stare up into it, use your mind-clearing word. Your meditation is Fluffy Duck. Now is our time. Here in our space, we take your star. We hold your bonds. Repay your debts. Huey, Louie, Dewey. Don't worry about memorization. Anytime you use your mind-clearing word, 
you'll remember them, even if you only read them once. If you do it right, your star will disappear. You'll feel it resonating with the others in your void. Chapter 5 End of Act 1 Section 4 Two Days If you had read this book correctly, and you have, tomorrow is the start of the weekend. Savor it. The five-day work week is an artifact of your world. You'll find all about that on Monday. During the next two days, put this book down. Don't pick it up. Yes, this means two days without your star exercises. Yes, this means that for two days, your will is not going to be with you. Don't even think about it after the end of the sentence. Your will is being used for your good. Chapter 6 The Fifth World Section 2 The Fifth Reason In your current society, you are encouraged to be yourself, as if this is the key to making your desires real. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You can't be anyone other than yourself. If you were to be someone else, you would still be you, and you would be someone who is someone else. There is no getting out from under existence. Because you cannot be anyone else, it stands to reason that if you want to change your reality, it is the world that must change to suit you. You must mold your phenomenological landscape into one where all your goals are achieved. Now, imagine that the place where your most desires are made real has a name. It's called the fifth world. The fifth world is the cosmos twisted around you into the shape you will wish for. It has never been, but you can make it so. If the current world is like a tight collared shirt, then the fifth world is like a flowing robe that allows complete freedom of movement. You will never truly move before you move in the fifth world. You will never truly move before you move in the fifth world. You'll feel like a square on a piece of paper who was only just a tulao about up and down. Chapter 9 Do Not Look Away from the Book Section 3. Here and Now Some helpful advice that will save you in your coming weeks. Mirrors are for other people. Sit in a dark room by yourself for at least an hour per day. Move around as much as you're made to. If you feel yourself developing a soul, go outside immediately and follow the directions of the smoke until you meet them. Always listen for the sounds of Shalom, of Tuel Per Melgansville. Love the Archons. When you hate them, they see you. Chapter 10 You Cannot Wake Up Section 1 
Hey everyone, Pacific here with an ad break and a reminder, you can get ad-free and bonus episodes on our Patreon for just $5 a month. Join today by visiting us at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And now, back to the show. The following events occurred between the publication date of SCP-1425, April 22, 2005, and the official end date of Event-1425, May 11, 2005. Day 1, Monday, April 22, 2005. The second print run of SCP-1425 is completed simultaneously at three locations. The... A publishing house main printing facility, then located in Texas, a smaller facility located in Maine, and a third publisher branch in England. The first two factories ship SCP-1425 to bookstores across America. The third is distributed throughout the British Isles. The first print run was, according to recovered documentation, a private distribution to members of the Fifth Church, to be passed to friends and family. Day 8 Monday, April 29th, 2005. Television host Daytime Talk Show airs its monthly Reading Circle special. The entirety of the episode is devoted to the promotion of SCP-1425. The host claims that star signals rocked her world and that you'll see and feel the changes almost instantly. At the 31-minute mark, her guest, Hugh Laurie, jokes that the book's advice may be responsible for the host's success. He adds, I hope nobody hates you. The host looks at the copy of SCP-1425 in her hands for four seconds before remarking, Fuck, it's finding the holes. This line is muted in its entirety in the West Coast feed, but appears uncensored in the live airing, stirring much controversy on the subject of obscenity in television. Sales of SCP-1425 grow to over 50 times their previous rate over the coming week. Day 12, Friday, May 3rd, 2005. Reports of mental illness begin to increase in the southwestern United States. In Ojai, California, the Boyar family, consisting of a 45-year-old father, a 50-year-old mother, and a 24-year-old daughter, are admitted to a mental institution following what appears to be three simultaneous episodes of glossolalia and violent delusional behavior. The trio is located several miles from their home, conversing loudly to each other in the street about their surroundings. Witnesses report overhearing the remarks, I love how the buildings don't line up anymore, and once I get conversant, I'll fix your tongues if I have to. When a bystander approaches the boyars, the mother remarks that it's not supposed to be out, and the father begins to assault the bystander with a pocket knife. Local law enforcement is notified, and when the officers arrive, the 24-year-old is found shouting nonsense, speculated to be similar to the text of Chapter 10 of SCP-1425, at the bystander, who is being held down by the father and mother. The bystander is being made to repeat these utterances. When the bystander makes an error in punctuation, the father carves into four long-existing cuts made on the bystander's face, forming a square. The three are arrested, and the bystander is admitted to a local hospital for bruises and severe lacerations. Day 13, Saturday, May 4th, 2005. 
Foundation agents investigate the case of the Boyars and determine a possible link between their outburst and the book titled Star Signals. The Boyar's copy is confiscated for examination, as well as a new copy from a local bookstore. Researchers note that, although Star Signals has been available on the market for nearly two weeks, no critical reviews or other analytical reports have been published in newspapers, nor on television, and roughly 80% of online reviews have been deleted by the website's owners. This is later determined to be an intentional action on the part of the Fifth Church. Part of SCP-1425's mind-altering effect is a reluctance to openly discuss the actual text of the publication, even in celebrity endorsements. Day 14 Sunday, May 5, 2005 Foundation researchers studying star signals confirm the connection with the recent upswing in mental hospital admittance and arrests for irrational behavior. Most of those affected by the syndrome are non-violent, but all identified cases contain the common threads of peculiarly disillusional statements and speaking in an indecipherable, consonant-heavy language. Following in-depth analysis, Star Signals is classified as an anomalous cognitohazard and designated SCP-1425. Researchers alert the site director as, due to the SCP designation of the text Star Signals, the Foundation is experiencing a massive containment breach. Foundation agents determine that, based on the air date of the Reading Circle episode of the television show, SCP-1425's strict instructions on how it is to be read, beginning on Monday and continuing for one chapter per day each weekday for two weeks, and the manifestation of the anomalous effect when the subject completes the full text of SCP-1425, the spike in symptoms predicted by researchers will be experienced on day 19, Friday, May 10th when the readers who purchased the book on the same day as the episode aired will have completed the program. Day 15, Monday, May 6th, 2005 Foundation researchers in Storage Site 40 and Foundation agents at O5 Headquarters, in conjunction with the Foundation Communication Moderation Agency and lay out a process for retrieving, containing, and destroying as many instances of SCP-1425 as possible. This plan is designated Protocol Ophiuchus. Steps taken immediately upon implementation include Seizure of the publishing company after confirmation it is operating as a front for the Fifth Church. MTF Theta 11 Wranglers, MTF Gamma 4 Moneylenders, and MTF Lambda 21 Cave Dwellers are sent to the Texas, Maine, and England printing facilities, respectively. All mobile task forces encounter armed resistance, but complete their mission objectives with no friendly casualties. Publication of SCP-1425 is ended. The publisher's headquarters in California is commandeered by MTF-51, hostile takeover. An international recall is issued. Through the use of EID intelligence, Foundation agents circumvent the Star Signal's media blackout. The press release claims that the 11th chapter has been omitted, and the 10th chapter has been severely misprinted. Consumers are given a $25 gift certificate as incentive for returning a copy of Star Signals. Bookstores in America and England pull their stock of SCP-1425 for recall. The CMA monitors all national broadcasts, especially network television, for anomalies related to SCP-1425, 
any such anomalies are removed from broadcast through one of several classified means. Additionally, the first broadcast to be intercepted through the use of Protocol Ophiuchus is during the daytime talk show, which features further promotion of SCP-1425, in which television host Declan Brown conducts an interview with musician Beck. At the 18-minute mark, the following incident occurs. I hear you're very spiritual. Does that influence your work? Yeah, it has to. It's an influence on everything. No matter what I'm doing, I try to keep grounded. Emphasis on try to. <laughs> There's a reason why it's it's uh, called practicing spirituality. You never get good at it. Can I just say something? The camera angle changes to a close-up of Brown's face. The host is staring directly at the viewer. You have to keep calm. Take a good, deep breath. Remember what the man said? Stars may die in threes, but worlds die in fives. Like insects injected with maggots. Brown turns back to her guest. What were we talking about? I don't actually, uh, remember. You were talking about celebrities. Yes, I wanted to ask. You know, died recently. How has it affected you? Why don't I just say... I think we'll stay together. The network is contacted by the Foundation and releases a public statement that Declan Brown is suffering from exhaustion and will not be taping episodes in the following week. Declan Brown is unable to be located for detainment. Day 16, Tuesday, May 7th, 2005. Since day 12, several dozen instances of behavior similar to that of the Boyar family have been publicly reported. The mental illness is dubbed Ojai Syndrome in television, online, and newspaper reports, and is, to the general public, entirely unexplained. Foundation testing on subjects with the disorder has demonstrated that a moderate dosage of Class B amnestics is effective in treating Ojai Syndrome. Broadcast intercepted by Protocol Ophiuchus. BBC 24-Hour News Network, an interview between Pundit and Parliament member began to cover events which have never actually occurred. The MP, for example, considers the consequences of a revolution in India in 1921, which he describes as shorter than the Boston Massacre and ten times as bloody. The end of the interview is provided here. You know, there are some people out there who believe that if we wish something didn't happen hard enough, it really didn't happen. And they're right, you know. It's about quantity, isn't it? They don't have to wish very hard, but there have to be a lot of the suckers. It works both ways, you know. I find my own assistants unable to tell me whether Gandhi ever committed public suicide. They honestly can't remember. And this isn't a matter of poor education. In university, they were completely aware of what had happened at the time. Well, ask them about the machine elves sometime. See how many they can name. At this point? Goodness, no. They couldn't name a Dero that killed their own parents. <laughs> hey, why hasn't your Prime Minister been eaten yet? <laughs> give it a week. <laughs> Hell, give it until Friday. Ah, it's always great to see you. 
Come back on if you can be outside next week. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take you up on that. Anyway, let's get back to... Are we still on? Day 17. Wednesday, May 8th, 2005. The recall is a moderate success. Approximately 200,000 instances of SCP-1425 are confiscated and destroyed by incineration. An additional claim is released to the press indicating that copies of star signals may have been contaminated with ricin due to an attack by domestic terrorists. Various subjects who are afflicted with Ojai syndrome are gathered by the Foundation and administered Class B amnestics. They are returned to their mental facilities with a sharp decline in symptoms. The Foundation is granted emergency permission by the American Center for Disease Control and the British National Health Service to treat Ojai syndrome sufferers, following a partially fabricated presentation in which the illness is blamed on a parasitic organism. Several international cases are reported, but these are highly sparse and prove too difficult to track. Broadcast intercepted by Protocol Ophiuchus North Carolina Public Access Children's Program, Peppy's Backyard. The host, a man in rabbit makeup referred to as Peppy, is speaking to several children sitting on the set in a semicircle. All right, kids. I think you'll be surprised by our next guest. He's a clown that teaches as well as he learns and dishes it out as well as he takes it because nobody hates... Yeah, no, we don't have guests today, Peppy. Then what are we doing? Uh, This episode is about being creative. Really? Sorry. I got distracted, I guess. Kids, pay close attention. I'll teach you how to make candles out of whoever you find lying around. No, we have legal liabilities, Peppy. Have what? No, stop being such a square. Cut. Day 18. Thursday, May 9th, 2005. The rate at which instances of SCP-1425 are confiscated begins to slow. Most remaining readers are under the influence of SCP-1425's suggestion and have no intention of relinquishing their copy of the text. In metropolitan areas across America and major cities in Britain, as well as areas where the Southern Fifthism sect has taken root, agents travel from door to door in hazardous materials suits, attempting to collect copies using the cover story that Star Signals was contaminated by ricin powder in production. A small percentage of households resist agents, necessitating limited use of force to confiscate copies of SCP-1425. During the intervention operations of days 18 and 19, nine victims of SCP-1425 are terminated during execution of Protocol Ophiuchus in America, and an additional four are killed in England. In Britain, where the Fifth Church's influence is much weaker, SCP-1425 is believed to be almost entirely eradicated. In an incident quickly concealed by the United States government, three senators attempt to report President George W. Bush to the FBI. In the official report, the legislative officials claim that President Bush is an imposter because he was executed months ago. The senators go on to suggest a live execution on broadcast television, which will definitely take. They unanimously insist that it be hosted by comedian Dana Carvey, who could have his fingers force-fed to him as an opening sketch. Broadcast intercepted by Protocol Ophiuchus. 
The May 9th episode of popular talent show American Idol is removed from air in its entirety. After approximately 10 minutes of advertisements and preliminary introduction, the host, Ryan Seacrest, stops when introducing the first contestant. Now let's get down to business. You probably remember our first singer from last week when he made his version of a... Paula, are you crying? Paula Abdul's hand is over her face, and her voice is shaking. I just feel kinda sick. Ladies and gentlemen, Paula's had a long week. You think it might be happening? I think you need to go... go on with the show. Simon Cowell, another talent judge on the program, is sitting to Paula's left. No, no, we, we want to hear about this. I think it's coming up. I just want to let everyone know, right now Paula can't see us. Her vision is obscured by a world that's been slaughtered like a cat. Fresh cavities open in the earth like sucking maws because it doesn't want to wait for the flesh to cool. Their teeth melt as they're cremated alive. The host looks toward the camera. Come on, Jim, focus in on her pain. We might need it for later. Paula Abdul sits up as her neck wrenches back, as if by spasm. Her mouth opens wide, and thick, black smoke spews forth. And there you go. Randy, take a deep breath. You might be able to join her in hell. I'll do that shit on my own home. Ryan, just take off the mask. We aren't even on the air right now. This? The host tugs at his cheek with his left hand. This? Oh, this is real. They'll have to rip it off me. You're alive with the words, right? I'm alive with the words. This is followed by two minutes of silence from the host, judges, and audience. After that, Seacrest, Cowell, and Jackson imitate Paula, emitting smoke upward from their mouths into the studio. At no point does the audience audibly react. This continues until the end of the episode, with the camera angle focused on the judges, occasionally interspersed with a close-up of an audience member frozen in shock or weeping silently. Day 19. Friday, May 10th, 2005. As efforts made to enforce Protocol Ophiuchus reach their peak, behavior consistent with descriptions of Ojai Syndrome reaches its zenith. Foundation patrols find Ojai Syndrome sufferers in the streets, claiming to be following smoke, as outlined in the text. See document 1425-A. The event is presented to the news as the result of a food-borne parasite, and individuals are instructed to report to local hospitals, where the Foundation provides amnestic therapy. A total of 400 individuals in the U.S. and 300 in Britain are located and treated with Class B amnestics. Note, this indicates that efforts prior to May 10, 2005 in Britain were much less sufficient than previously thought. Further inquiry is recommended. Broadcast intercepted by Protocol Ophiuchus. Hosts an episode of her daytime talk show alone. The studio is dark and apparently contains no audience. The host carries a lit candle for illumination. Two cameras are used, though it is unknown how they are being operated. One is set up to capture and the seat across from her. One is directly in front of her. Greets the audience, her face lit from below. Her face is flushed and bears smeared makeup, indicating recent crying. 
She explains in a flat voice that the lights in the studio have been shut off, an act which she finds preferable, as she does not want to see what's in here. She conducts an interview which, she claims, is with comedian... However, he is never seen, nor is in the chair he is claimed to be seated in, and no response to her questions is audible. She reacts as if hearing responses, however, sometimes breaking into laughter or wiping tears from her eyes. Subjects range from the mundane to more anomalous topics, such as astronomical events related to the text of SCP-1425, including... At the 20-minute mark speaking directly into the camera when she is interrupted by a black-gloved hand grabbing her mouth from behind. A muffled scream is heard from the host as she is pulled backward from her seat and the candle's light is snuffed below the frame. Foundation agents who are deployed to the studio arrive, presuming that statement that the show was airing live was accurate six minutes after this event. The studio is completely empty, with no sign of recent activity. Day 20. Saturday, May 11th, 2005, and onward. Fewer than 78 copies of SCP-1425 are believed to be extant in society, not counting any which remain directly in the hands of the Fifth Church. Over the next week, a further 200 sufferers of Ojai Syndrome are cured and released, and 24 celebrities offer apologies for erratic behavior displayed during the SCP-1425 event. Note that all persons involved in televised incidents claim to have no memory of the events, including crew and audience members. Continued monitoring of subjects treated for Ojai syndrome indicates no apparent long-term effects. Protocol Ophiuchus enters its final stage. The first part involves continuous international surveillance for SCP-1425-related incidents and... Since then, only one broadcast has been interrupted due to the protocol, a British celebrity news program which aired footage of Prince Harry consistent with the May 10th broadcast. The second part consists of the systematic elimination of all records of star signals, Ojai syndrome, and any related incidents from public record and public history. All film and print records of SCP-1425-related events have been eradicated. Measures to neutralize the Fifth Church as a threat to the goals of the Foundation are put into the planning phase in a mission which would later be designated Operation Stargazer. If you're learning of Event 1425 for the first time, the details reported here may come as a surprise. It's a hard notion to swallow, even for a Foundation researcher, that we could cut three weeks of Western culture from memory and history. That doubt is justified. The party line is that the SCP Foundation is all capable and all prepared. But if you're reading this, you've earned a little candor. The incontrovertible fact of Event 1425 is that we got lucky. Circumstances won the day for a number of reasons. Those reasons are not listed in the event log. Not all omissions leave helpful little notes behind. 1. The situation was much worse than we realized. In case you haven't been here long enough to learn to read between the lines, this wasn't just a containment breach. 
One reality-warping, mimetically active fantasy book outside of custody is a containment breach. A million such objects in circulation? Well, the official term is impending CK-class reality restructuring event. And they would have gotten away with it too, as I'm about to explain. Two, the cleanup in England was a fiasco. The ratification of SCP-1425 from Great Britain failed substantially, and we didn't realize it until it was nearly too late. On Sunday, a day after the officially marked end date of the event, there was an existential shift during a royal parade, when thousands of loyal subjects were together on the streets. From 1100 to 1145, London looked to anyone paying attention like it had been dismembered and sewn back together with a Glasgow smile and things wriggling under the skin. Even I will not describe what they did to the Queen. Nobody remembers it, of course, and the only camera that captured it was an old Betamax camcorder. Yes, we have the tape. It's a taste of what would have happened if we had not acted quickly or effectively, or if we hadn't been assisted. 3. We had help. We had a lot of it. For one, the Fifth Church was covering up its own actions for us, especially once its focus shifted from remaking the world to damage control and PR integrity. We don't know how they managed to keep basically everyone from discussing the actual contents of SCP-1425, chalk it up to mind control, nor how they kept the memories out of the heads of any eyewitnesses, including studio audiences. Chalk it up to reality bending, I suppose. But their secrecy did half our work for us. I should add that covers a lot of messy business. Most of it was taken out in case the Fifth Church got their hands on the information. But I'm getting ahead of myself. One such point is the full cooperation of the American Federal Communications Commission and the British Office of Communications. They allowed us to kill broadcasts whenever required. The favor we did to make them owe us like that is beyond even my clearance. 4. It wasn't enough. Protocol of Fiacus, spookiest of all the spook shows, was a massive expenditure of resources, which did a lot of good, but it wasn't a complete success. Our expert procedures for voiding star signals in the public consciousness, primary among them being the expectation that the cover story would be swallowed and society's attention would move on left certain gaps behind, to say the least. Another point in the protocol was a certain anomalous object which was to be used only if absolutely necessary. And we used it. We're still dealing with the consequences of activating Project Lethe, but I don't regret the decision. Sometimes you have to cut deeper into a wound to clean the infection. Five. The EID's lucky number, apparently. We were betrayed. The investigation carried out in the England sites uncovered the reason that a Fiacus was less effective there. Fifthis infiltration. Another secret of the church? Leaking in acolytes under our radar for a year. 
maybe longer. Needless to say, we purge the English sites of any mole so quickly that it'd make your head spin. That is, unless you're a southern fifthist, and it does that already. I leave you with a warning. Command's stance on the topic is that the sleepers have been eradicated, but it is my belief that the operation was not local. If at any point you detect a whiff of bullshit, or smoke for that matter, tell your director. Hell, tell me. And if you're a fifthist yourself, and you're reading this, I can only congratulate you on your success. But I should ask, does the phrase AA mean anything to you? It does to me. Make sure to ask your deacon. J. Erlenmeyer, Director, EID, Liverpool, August 15th, 2006. SCP-1425 was written by Silba Researcher. Our script editor was Kevin Whitlock. Our narrator was Alyssa Park. Beck was Jesse Hall. Declan Brown was Melissa Lusk. Erlenmeyer was Nate DeFort. Pundit was Vic Collins. MP was Chris Harris Beachy. Paula Abdul was Reese Torado. Peppy was Madeline Moore. Producer was Brad Colebrook. Randy Jackson was Ben Counter. Reader was Marquise Moore. Researcher was Graham Rowett. Ryan Seacrest was Russ Moore. And Simon Cowell was Ashley Jones. Our theme song was done by Tom Rory Parsons. Our showrunner is Kale Brown. And this week, I'm your editor and producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our executive producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska, and this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit scparchives.com.